I want to thank Research FDI for sponsoring today's podcast. They're a globally renowned lead generation firm that helps economic development organizations create real prospects. They've helped over 500 economic development organizations. Let me tell you exactly what they do. They facilitate one-on-one meetings for economic developers with corporate executives who will have projects soon. They can facilitate these meetings to where you travel to the corporate executive's office and meet them there, or you meet them at a trade show, or even have a conference call with them so you don't have to pay for travel. They recently launched a service called FDI 365, which provides you a lead a day of fast-growing companies that will be expanding soon. Their research has helped over $5 billion worth of projects get cited since inception. I encourage you to go to www.researchfdi.com to learn more about Research FDI. As far as I'm concerned, they are absolutely the best lead generation firm in the business for economic developers. Call them at 514-488-3168 and see how Research FDI can help you create real prospects. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Next Move Group We Are Jobs podcast. This is Chief Executive Officer Chuck Sexton. I want to take a moment real quick before we jump in with our guest and thank the Georgia Economic Development Association for allowing us to sponsor and be on a panel at their monthly luncheon. We had a great time. Myself and Ivy Stanley, our COO, went down and joined the folks in Atlanta this week, and we had a great time. I got to meet some new friends and see some old friends while we were down there. So we always appreciate opportunities to get out and work with state associations. It's something that uh, I know Next Move Group has not had an opportunity to do as much in the past, but that is something that we will be doing uh, as we go forward. A little more. We have a couple of other uh, state associations who have asked us to come and speak, and we're always happy to do that. So if your state association would like to have a site location consultant uh, come in and speak at one of their upcoming meetings, please reach out and let us know. Today's guest is Brad Hall, Vice President of Appalachian Power Company. It's a division of American Electric Power, and uh, Brad and I go way back uh, since uh, really his beginning in economic development, just about mine, um, I think I mentioned at some point, Ivy and I met each other at the basic economic development course here in Kentucky after I'd been doing economic development for a couple of years. And Brad was at that same BEDC course. (laughs) That's where he and I met. Um, Brad, thanks for joining us on the show today. Great to be here, Chuck. Thanks for having me. Well, um, it's funny. We met there and got to know each other through state association activities. And then, uh, at one point, you gave me a call and said you wanted me to, to move to Eastern Kentucky. Um, but what I'd like to kind of talk about, you know, as far as what Next Move Group does, uh, I want to hit a few things. So uh, we, we talk about career advancement, obviously, because of our executive search. Uh, we talk about product development because of us consulting with, um, with entities, EDOs, and communities out there, and site location. And there's the, we can hit all three of those talking today to Brad uh, from APCO. So, Brad, why don't you uh, kind of give us an overview of how you came to be in economic development and went, uh, went into the AEP realm? Well, it's, it's an interesting story because, you know, I'm an, I'm an accountant by trade, and, and who thought you would end up in economic development? But I really have spent most of my career in utilities. And so that background kind of lends itself to economic development at some point. Um, So I really kind of started in the phone industry and then I went to the sewer and water industry. And then I came back to the phone and data industry and then somehow ended up, you know, running a a regional chamber of commerce and then 
uh, moved into economic development, into uh, the electric utility industry, as well as doing some other things in electric utility industry. And so just have this, been blessed to have this broad view of utilities. And, and through that journey, have always been involved in helping industry, you know, locate industry, helping communities locate industry. And so you get that broad stroke view of how important utilities are to attracting and, and retaining industry. And so that just kind of lent itself into economic development through that, that regional chamber of commerce view, you know, because running a chamber of commerce, you're, you're about generating industry, right? How do you help the local businesses? How do you bring in new businesses? And then you start journeying on what's the art and science to attracting and retaining that industry. And that's the beauty of the profession of economic development. And it was a love, you know, you became a passion and uh, that's how I got into it. And uh, that's where I met Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> and that's right. That is, that is exactly how we ended up meeting. Um, you, you hadn't quite gone to AEP yet when we were at the uh, basic course together, you were investigating uh, pulling economic development into the chamber uh, at that time. Wasn't that right? That's right. That's right. I started seeing the importance of, of how the chamber could play a role in that. Uh, coming from a small town in East Kentucky, uh, we didn't have, you know, a lot of strong regional economic development organizations at time. At that time, uh, most of the chambers of commerce were kind of somewhat delving into that work, and I knew that our organization needed to play a significant role in attracting and retaining industry, and so started exploring that opportunity and that's what drove me to the basic course there in East or I guess in Lexington. Yeah and then you know fast forward a few years uh, I got involved in leadership uh, in the state level uh, helped start our young professionals uh, group here in Kentucky and that was really based off of SEDC's YPs. Uh, shout out to all my friends there uh, hopefully get to catch up with them in San Antonio this year. Um, and then uh, you got on the board for KED, the Kentucky Association for Economic Development, and uh, you and I stayed connected through that. And then you asked me to uh, take a look at uh, helping start this regional organization over here in eastern Kentucky. Yeah, you know, you and I had started to develop a, a pretty good relationship through KAED, and um, I started seeing what talent you had. And as we in East Kentucky started working together to create an eight county regional economic development organization. Uh, you know, that effort was started by uh, several businesses in East Kentucky, uh, understanding the need to have an organization like that. And we needed someone to lead it uh, because at that time I had transitioned to uh, AEP and, and Kentucky Power at that time. Uh, and they were asking me to start an economic development effort for the utility. And I knew we needed this regional organization. And so uh, I certainly, for, for whatever reason, thought that uh, we needed you to run that organization. And I think it was a very good decision. <laughs> I appreciate the thought. I, uh, it's funny, you know, we talk a lot about career advancement and, and, and such. And I don't know if, um, if we have enough uh, thought processes or panels or education uh, for young professionals who are coming into economic development to talk about career pathways and, and the importance of Number one, networking. Um, you know, we talked about that a lot uh, at our, our state meetings uh, at SEDC and a few others uh, that, 
you know, you need to grow your network, not for the sole purpose of trying to get a job. You need to grow your network because you need mentors in the business, mentors in the industry, folks that you can rely on and ask for advice at any time. But if you're out there and you're, you're present and you get involved with leadership roles, you know, folks see that they see your passion for the job and uh, you get more career advancement opportunities in this profession uh, when you do that. And obviously the other thing is seeking out education within the industry uh, like, like, you know, we did through the University of Oklahoma's Economic Development Institute. So you got me over here. Uh, and then just a short time later, you took off to beautiful West Virginia <laughs> and Virginia and part of Tennessee. So that's, you know, yeah, the, where you're right. at now, APCO has three states that they have territories in. Yeah, we cover a pretty wide area. Um, Appalachian Power, which is a subsidiary of AEP, as well as Kentucky Power. When I went to Appalachian Power, uh, we do, we cover... Um, about half geographically, about half of you know Virginia and half of West Virginia and a, and a small portion of East Tennessee. So we kind of have Kingsport, Tennessee proper in the Tennessee area. And then in Virginia, we have about a half a million customers. And that pretty much is from Lynchburg, uh, Virginia West uh, into far Southwest Virginia. And then in West Virginia, we have another half a million customers. And, and that pretty much is everything kind of think I-64 South, it's a little bit more than that, but give you an idea of the geographic territory we cover. And, and a lot of that is, you know, right within the Appalachian Mountains. And so uh, very rural areas with a, a lot of great opportunities, great people and great workforce. And I've uh, got a great team that helps uh, do the work that we do in economic development across those territories. Let's talk about some of the things that you've instituted. You know, you, you, you instituted a lot of things when you were at Kentucky Power, uh, but then uh, as you went over to APCO, you found an opportunity to sort of get some of the, those uh, items on your checklist that you've been wanting for a while to be able to do for communities, sort of uh, those boxes checked. So talk about some of the things you've instituted over at APCO. Yeah, you, you know, we did, it carried over some things that we, we did in Kentucky, you know, um, you and I did a lot of work together in Kentucky to create some programming. And as I transitioned uh, over into APCO, um, kind of taking a, a look at the land and you know, what did we need in these territories and the needs of West Virginia, maybe a little bit different than the needs of Virginia. Um, Tennessee, uh, East Tennessee, a pretty strong area. Kingsport's a pretty strong area, but we supported the organizations there well. But some of the things that we've really done and focused on I think the biggest thing is site readiness. And, and that is just understanding that one of the greatest needs we have is to have, you know, ready buildings and ready sites. Yeah, you know, we talked and about that a lot this week at uh, the GED, GEDA meeting in Atlanta. Uh, that was actually the focus of the panel uh, that they had me on. Now we talked about a lot of other things as well, but, you know, the big talking point was that you know, sites are disappearing um, because they're being taken. And so, you know, I, I said at this meeting, and I think you might agree with this, your A sites and even maybe your B sites are, are sort of gone and, and same with buildings. And you're starting to have to look at your C sites and make sure that um, you're getting those fully prepared or turning them into A sites now. Would you say that's sort of the case where you're at? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that, that, you know, a lot of communities think their B sites are A sites. <laughs> <laughs> and and so you know I think 
some of the great work that like your organization does and I think we help do is, is help those communities understand what it takes to be ready for a site to be ready. And we have done a lot of work to help communities understand the position that their site is in and how they can get it from C to B or from B to A or from C all the way to A. And, you know, and that takes a lot of investment and dedication, as you know. And, and we have done that across the territory with uh, in, a, in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, one thing that we've really focused on at AEP is, you know, do we have properties that can be reused for industrial sites? Because, um, you know, over the years, we, we purchased various pieces of land thinking we may need to build a new generating unit along the Ohio River. And so we had some properties that uh, now with the, the way energy is today, we, we really don't need some of, or we, we didn't need at least one of these sites that has just attracted a large industry to West Virginia. And, but we knew that it would be a great attractor for a large industry. And, and so we spent a lot of effort partnering with the community there, and this is in Mason County, West Virginia, uh, to have that site ready. Uh, we, we helped fund a, an engineering study for getting sewer to the site. Uh, we made sure that uh, all of the uh, work was done to understand the topography, geography, floodplain, you know, all of those due diligence items that must be done. Uh, we even did a master plan for that site. And we ended up, you know, attracting a, a large, large industrial uh, customer. Newcore Steel is locating there, going to build the largest plant in America, $2.7 billion on this site. And, you know, and that's a huge win for West Virginia. And it's going to change Mason County, West Virginia. Yeah, and, I would say it's going to. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, and the next piece of that puzzle is we're now working to help the community uh, bring in a consultant and help them prepare the county for the growth that's going to come along with that. The suppliers yeah. and, and the from small a supplier standpoint, probably from a housing standpoint, I would imagine. Um, and yeah. then probably from a, a retail standpoint, uh, there's going to be a lot of impact from, from a project that size. And if, if you were to say, if you were to kind of look back at when you started pushing for preparation of that site, because uh, this is something that, you know, we talk about a lot as consultants. This is something that as a, as a ED professional, hopefully you're talking about in your communities. Um, number one, uh, your power company is a tremendous resource and partner, someone that you should be working with all the time. Two, and, and, and importantly, uh, it takes time and investment to be able to win in the long term. Uh, and sometimes that happens in a shorter window than others. Uh, but you have to be able to, to be patient and invest in those properties. So how long ago did you all start working on this property, the things you were talking about, the sewer study, the master planning, all those things you were doing before the new core announcement? Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Executive Search Spotlight. And today we're going to highlight a new search we are launching in Putnam County, Florida. So we are searching, this is a Chamber of Commerce, and we are looking for a Vice President of Economic Development. For those of you all who do not know where Putnam County, Florida is, it is located about 
Uh, in between Jacksonville and Orlando, only about 45 minutes from Gainesville, 30 minutes from St. Augustine's beaches, and right in between Jacksonville and Orlando, a beautiful area of the country. Not only that, it is a five-star accredited chamber of commerce, only one of seven in the entire state of Florida. So it's a great organization, a great opportunity for an economic developer to work with the chamber there. If you know of anybody who may be interested, please have them visit thenextmovegroup.com backslash Putnam. As far as compensation, we're looking around sixty-five dollars to $80,000, but there's also incentives and bonus compensation available. So a great opportunity. For more information, visit that website. We really started this work about four years ago. And, and so it's been a long process, um, but, but even before we just started investing in a site, um, we did a complete analysis of all the sites our communities had to offer within our territory. We cover 23 counties in West Virginia, and we had all the communities submit their sites. And we did kind of a review of those sites. And so we had 44 sites initially that was submitted to the analysis. Uh, over 20 of those sites made their way into the second round of that review. And then the final round, we only focused on 11 sites. And, and so these sites, we believed had the best you know, return on investment um, and could get quicker results. And that doesn't mean we were not evaluating those other sites but we needed to get sites ready quickly. And so of those 11 sites, um, we've already announced four projects on 11 of those sites because of this work. Wow. And so this, this site I'm talking about, we called it Apple Grove in Mason County. It was one of those 11 sites. And as you can see, uh, we, we landed a pretty large fish there. And, and we've had some other great projects come from that, but it took us about four years to do the work. And, and you know, and of course it could take less depending upon where a site is as you begin to do this work, but it could also take more, right? Um, it just really depends on the site and what's needed at the site. Yeah, I would imagine that uh, the folks over there are pretty happy. <laughs> you, you probably had, I, I, I'm gonna guess, you had some pushback at first on this whole Let's take a look at the sites project, uh, maybe even from the, the local level. But then now that you've gone through this exercise and had to uh, pull some teeth and, and maybe some hair and, and get, get things going and get the answers you needed, people may be starting to see the light as, okay, there's, there's a plan here, there's a process here, and now we get it. Is that sort of how it kind of went? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because even though we focused on those 11 sites, we provided a plan for all of the sites that were in the process. So here's what you need to do to get these sites ready. And, and some of it was going to take many years, right? And maybe some of those communities looked at it and said, I can't climb that hill, right? It's too difficult. But I think these wins that we're seeing now is really motivating these communities to say, look, if I do the work, I can win. I mean, Nucor still is bringing 800 permanent jobs. To Mason County of West Virginia and a thousand construction jobs. Uh, that's not counting all the suppliers that will follow behind and, and what business is driven. Th this changes a place like Mason County, West Virginia, which is just a beautiful place. And this site is a thousand acre site right on the Ohio River. And it's, you know, about 30, 40 minutes outside of Charleston, West Virginia. 
it's going to be a great, great project. And so it's just a testament to show that if the community, the state, your utility partners all work together, you can really do big things. And, and that's what we're trying to do through a process like getting these sites ready. Well, and for, for the listeners out there, you know, Mason County is about 45 minutes outside of Charleston, which is you know, a larger uh, city, but, you know, 45 minutes out, uh, they've only got a population in Mason County of around 28,000, 27, 28,000 people. So that small to mid-sized region uh, that just got a massive announcement, and it is because of diligence, plant, strategic planning, product development, and putting the effort uh, into uh, being an aggressive and winning and um, having a good utility partner. And, and that's what I've always enjoyed about working with um, American Electric Power, AEP, both, uh, you know, obviously Kentucky Power, uh, who, who I had here uh, under you and then under other folks. And then, of course, seeing what you have done going over to APCO. Uh, of course, a lot of my friends in, in the ED world uh, over the last 12 years uh, that I've been in it so far have been with power companies and railroads from all over the U.S. Uh, because of uh, networking and going to, to conferences. And so uh, it's always great to see. Uh, a, a good utility partner who's focused on the right things uh, to help communities be prepared and to win. Um, you know, Georgia Power, I, I've got, got to know uh, Ricardo down there uh, this week, and, uh, and I think he's just an awesome guy and probably going to have him on the podcast at some point in the future. But I, I think we should uh, certainly uh, be happy with the utility partners that we've got out there uh, and be proud of them. And so uh, one of the things that that we did at Kentucky Power, we, we focused a lot on marketing and we did a little, uh, we took a little trip to Paris together uh, a few years ago, Brad. And one morning, it was the worst trip I think Brad had ever been on in his life. Uh, I did not have a good time either. It was the hottest summer on record in Paris since 1945 or something like that. And we were going to the Paris Air Show. We had a strategy on attracting the aerospace industry and <laughs> we already had just a ter terrible trip and then then one morning brad wakes up and comes downstairs and tells us he woke up with ants all over him just covered in yeah. sweat because yeah. there was no air conditioning in the hotel <laughs> it was 80 some degrees in our rooms and uh it was just terrible and uh, i woke up with ants crawling all over me in the middle of paris it, it was a great trip <laughs> I don't even know how the ants got in your room. Well, you were in that room too, um, that was sort of on the roof line <clears throat> and you'd already hit your yeah. head on the roof like three or four times. Yeah. The room was certainly made for short people and I'm short and I still hit my head. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then when we finally got out of there, I ended up having a, a, a whelp on, on my thigh from uh, just being in the heat. And I had to go to a doctor and have it lanced. And it was just, it was the worst experience ever. And then we were going back two years later and we were trying to prepare everyone for how terrible it was going to be. And to understand that we're here to just push through the terribleness. And this is going to be a rough trip. We've got work to do. We've got to, we've got to talk to these companies and get some opportunities. And everyone just had a beautiful, wonderful time. They didn't have any problems. It, the weather was perfect. <laughs> So we looked like a bunch of liars uh, for that first trip, but we, we pushed through. AEP was a big part of us going over there uh, and, and doing that and had opportunity to meet with, you know, pretty much, I would say every major um, aerospace company in the world uh, during that trip, because we had 
at uh, the governor of Kentucky with us at the time. Um, and uh, I think made some good headway over there. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and I got to give credit where Chris do, Chuck. You know, I remember th this was your idea to, to talk about, you know, aerospace and the opportunities that it brings and the value that those jobs can have in Appalachia. And, uh, you know, we really created something that many of our communities gelled around. And uh, I carried that, that effort over into Appalachian Power. And, and we've done a lot of, of preparation uh, for that and have had some pretty good success uh, in just across the river from Kentucky, as a matter of fact. Um, you know, we, we helped, uh, we got our foundation involved. So the American Electric Power Foundation uh, in preparing workforce. And our focus has been uh, to really look at the target industry of aerospace. And, and the reason for that is, and Chuck, you've, you've said this many times, is the value that the steel worker or the coal worker brings to an aerospace job. Um, there's some transferable skill sets there. And we've really focused on that. And so we, you know, we've got a new um, Federal Aviation Administration uh, School Certified Aircraft Maintenance Technical uh, Technician School and an A&P school. Uh, now in Huntington, West Virginia. Um, Marshall University has really led this charge uh, and, and that has created some aerospace jobs in the Huntington area. Um, we've, we've got a commercial pilot fixed wing school that's gone into Charleston, West Virginia that we've been involved in at Yeager Airport. And they're gonna be training you know, many, many pilots there right in West Virginia. And, and this has really created some excitement uh, around the aerospace industry in West Virginia. And uh, the Raleigh County Airport really, really latched on to what we were trying to do. And we've helped them there and they've developed pad ready sites all around their airport there. And we've located two or three industries uh, on those sites uh, through the efforts of the Raleigh County uh, and, and airport there. And, and that's just, amazing how you can really get communities excited when you bring the right opportunities to the table. And a lot of that came from the work that we did in Kentucky, that trip to uh, Paris to the uh, air show and uh, figuring out what are opportunities with the assets that you have. Well, you know, it's nice uh, to hear that a lot has come from that, uh, you know, little nugget of an idea uh, to build out a, a strategic plan and, and strategic focus around a specific industry and how it's, you know, it's not just in Eastern Kentucky, it's spread to uh, a tri-state region uh, that now is seeing some benefits and, and results uh, from that focus uh, and that strategy. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's kind of awesome uh, to sit here and think about, you know, the impact of that. And of course, one of the things that makes me happy uh, to have come on board with Next Move Group and sort of take uh, you know, some of the ideas and, and the abilities that I have and be able to work with communities all over the country and develop strategies for them that are specific to them. Because, you know, there's not one community that's cookie cutter, not, you know, a strategy that works over here doesn't necessarily work 30 miles away in another community. It all depends. And so, you know, we're, we're gearing up to do a, a strategic plan uh, soon, I'm, I'm not going to exactly say where it's at, but we're, we're doing a big strategic plan for a community coming up um, 
uh, that we'll probably talk about in future episodes of the podcast. And, you know, that's something I think, you know, especially with Ivy and I being on board, we're going to have a bigger focus on doing strategy for our clients uh, across the country. So, um, you know, look, I appreciate uh, you being on today, Brad. I appreciate you, know, you telling us all these great and wonderful things that you're doing at Appalachian Power Company. And uh, I just want to give you the last word here uh, before we jump off the podcast. Well, you know, one thing I would just say, Chuck, and to, to all the folks out there listening is, is if you're not involved with your utility, get involved with your utility. Um, often uh, they have programs and opportunities to help you and they're a huge resource and often the uh, number one expense that your potential prospect is going to have to face and so if if your power company is not at the table with you um, you you may be at a disadvantage and so i would say make sure you're reaching out to those folks we provide a lot of resources for training support uh, for our communities and uh, because a growing utility helps everyone and we want to help our communities grow so uh, make sure you're doing that out there. And Chuck, thanks for the opportunity to talk with you today. Always great to talk to you and be with you. Um, I think we did some great things together and it's uh, nice to reminisce a little bit today. Well, buddy, I appreciate you joining me. I'm going to get over there and see you soon, hopefully. Um, thank you again for joining us here on the Next Move Group We Are Jobs podcast, and we will catch you next time.